Once again, good evening. If you didn't notice, we do have a hot chocolate bar uh, over that way. Um, I believe there's still some hot chocolate left. If you weren't able to get any and you would like some, you will not offend me at all uh, by going and doing so now. Uh, we finish a series that I titled The Gospel of Christmas. This is uh, really the sixth week, uh, the fifth one with the sermon, because one of those weeks uh, our children performed a Christmas play for us. Uh, tonight we finish that series, The Gospel of Christmas. Now, in week one, we talked about how we as people, we all hope for better. We hope for rescue, that we search this earth for fulfillment, uh, for purpose, and that God provided a reason for us to have sincere hope, and that reason was Jesus. Now, Jesus was the world's hope and the light in darkness. In week two, we talked about how love is the fruit of that hope, how because we place our hope in God, he gives us uh, a reason, a justification for that hope um, by giving us his son, a son that he uh, loved, that loved us so much that he voluntarily uh, live this life so that he could one day die on a cross and be that sacrifice for us. In week three, we talked about how the response of that love, the proper response is faith and how faith and love are intertwined. Those who uh, have placed their faith in Jesus will love others and they will recognize Jesus as their king. In week four, our kids beautifully told the Christmas story. Uh, you can find that online. If you haven't been able to see that, if you weren't part of this, I would go watch it. It was one of my favorite ever. I don't know uh, if you know this or not, uh, but there was a, a chair that was dragged around um, during that night where Jesus was born for the angel to stand on and whatnot. And we perfectly, and I mean perfectly, uh, were able to show that. Week five, we talked about how grace is the free God-determined gift born out of Christmas and God alone. And it's a gift that we receive in response to placing our faith in Christ, a reward for work that we didn't do. Well, tonight we further discuss the role that we play in Christmas, and this is a message that has been on my heart uh, for years. It's a message that um, will be repeated at Crosspoint uh, as long as I'm the pastor, and a message that you have somewhat heard if you've been here at any point before. But we're going to be in Luke chapter 2 tonight. I want to look at two verses that don't really get a whole ton of attention uh, in the Christmas story, and that's verse 13 and 14. It says, Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So if you don't know what had just taken place prior to this moment is that an angel appears to some shepherds who were on a hillside watching over some sacrificial sheep. And uh, they were there tending that flock and taking care of them when an angel appeared to them and told them there is a baby being born in a manger in Bethlehem. He is the hope of the world. He's here to change the game. He's here to make a difference. He came not just for you, but for everyone right? That was the message. And as you might imagine, they were pretty frightened. They're laying on this hillside. They're watching sheep. They're probably in and out of consciousness, some of them, while they're taking turns watching over the flock. And boom, angel, right? And if you've ever uh, read anything about angels, uh, they're not uh, what they're always depicted to be in movies. They're probably uh, a little bit, frankly, more terrifying than that. So it even tells us they feared a great fear. 
But the angel had a message, don't be afraid. And then after he delivers this message, we get these verses in 13 and 14. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now this message delivered to the shepherds announcing the life altering birth of Jesus is often a footnote in the Christmas story. This, these specific two verses, they just don't get a lot of attention. But what happens in these verses is that God's heart is solidified as he shows his purpose for his son's presence in the manger. It's a really powerful moment. This message was first delivered to the shepherds that God's will is that those who accept his son as Messiah, accept his son as the savior of the world, will have peace. And his desire, as we discussed last week, is that all accept his son as Lord. Let's read John three sixteen through 18. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. You see, those three verses are the gospel. They're the gospel. God loved us so much that he sent his son who came willingly to die on a cross for us, that we might experience forgiveness that we don't even know that we need. That we might experience a a forgiveness that that is eternity-altering, that will change our destiny. And these verses delivers uh, to the shepherds first delivered to the shepherds, then transforms to being delivered by the shepherds. And what a model for us as believers who put our faith in Jesus Christ to see that after we receive that message, after we accept that message, after we place our faith in Jesus, then we become the messenger. It's now our turn to share the message that was shared with us. And in Luke Luke chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, it says, when they had seen him, They spread the word concerning what had been told about this child, and all who had heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. As followers of Christ, we too must transition from receiving the message to delivering the message. We have an obligation to our world to share the message of Christ to share that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son and that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but would receive a forgiveness, a gift of grace, one that they couldn't earn, one that they could never deserve, but that is freely available to all of us. We have an obligation to share that message. But in order for that message to hit home, and this is what I want to talk about tonight, in order for that message to hit home, we have to be at peace with the world. What does that mean as people who are called to live in the world but not be of the world? How could we possibly be at peace with the world? Well, that's what I want to talk about because the angels brought a message of peace on earth and goodwill to men. And these words, more than any other time in my life, stand out to me. 
And if you're somebody who's older than I am and who have lived longer than I am, you have seen it even more. How our world has transformed from the good old days to the oh no, what the heck is going on days. Right? And we know that as time progresses, things will just get worse. Because the farther we are away from Jesus, the worse that things will get. But one day he will come back and he will claim those who have placed their faith in him as their own and he will take them to heaven with him. That's what we talked about last week, about how our citizenship is already solidified in heaven because of what Christ did on a cross. That that's grace, right? That we get to be seen in the same light, in the same sentence as Christ and be equated as brothers and sisters of Christ, as sons and daughters of the living God. We live in a world that needs Jesus desperately. But if we are always at war with the world, they will never receive our message. It's time for me to be vulnerable with you all. Are you ready? On my best days, my very best days, when I am the most godly that I feel like I can be, I am naturally confrontational. I just am. This will shock some of you who really know me, but I like to be right. That was too much laughter. Like it was meant to get a little chuckle, but not like to have the entire congregation laugh in my face. Okay, so that, that was a little bit much. Dial it back some as we continue. Okay, but I like to be right. And I can be a, a bit confrontational. And um, if you know me, you know this as well. I, I'm not afraid to be honest or to share my opinion. And I'll hide behind what I've said being true. Right? Well, did I tell a lie? Right? I may have offended you. I may have been rude. I may have hurt your feelings. But is what I said a lie? And so many of us look at the world that way. But here's the thing. When I behave in such a way, Jesus is not seen in me. And when I behave in such a way, for that person that I behaved in such a way towards, they will probably never see Jesus in me. All because I needed to be right. All because I didn't want to back down. All because I won't bend my will or my neck to your way. I'm right. I know I'm right. What I've said is surrounded in truth. Who cares about your feelings? Right? Who cares about your feelings? One thing I am sure of right now in this moment, more than any other day in my existence, is that I have a responsibility. And we just talked about this responsibility. That responsibility is to share with the world around me that there is a God that loves them very much. And if you have never been told that, if you have never specifically been told that, allow me to be the first to tell you that you personally, you as an individual, are loved so incredibly, vastly beyond your comprehension by God the Father and Christ the Son. They love you right where you're at, Warts and all, no matter how bad the sin, no matter how dark the stains, God loves you. He loves you. And I have 
a responsibility to share with the world that there is a God that loves them enough to send his son, a prince in heaven, to be born among livestock. There is a God that loves them so much that, that he gave his son, and his son loves them so much that he willingly died on a cross so that we could experience forgiveness, a forgiveness that when we're stubborn, we won't admit to needing. A forgiveness that we are often naive to knowing that we need. A forgiveness that so many of us in our lives have turned our backs upon to say, no thanks, I don't need it. But that forgiveness is still available to everyone and it's our job to let them know that. But if we are not people of peace, Christ will not be seen in us. If we are not people of peace, Christ will not be seen in us. And if Christ isn't seen in us, then how will others know him? This is not the day and age to skirt your responsibility. This is not the day and age to let it fall on somebody else. This is not the day and age to say, well, they'll take care of it and I'll just do me. I'm okay with who I am. Did I lie? If we are not people of peace, Christ will not be seen in us. This is not, and I repeat, this is not a call to be spineless. Christ stood up for what is right and was right. This is not a call to stop speaking godly truths. Christ's ministry was built upon them. Christ told his followers to go out into the world and to make, bad, to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is the message given to us by God. And right now, we're getting another message we didn't even know we needed. <laughs> Speak, Lord. Right? I promise you, they're all saying something to each other we don't know. Like, this guy, will he just shut up, please? He looks like the guy that sells ShamWow. Why are we listening to him? Right? Yeah, but wait, there's myrrh indeed. Shh, it's okay, babies. And Gavin, it's okay, babies and Gavin. Christ told his followers to go into the world and make disciples. You know what else he told them? He told them that if they were rejected, if they were rejected, if their message wasn't listened to, if they were mistreated, to shake the dust off their sandals and to move on. You see, we have a responsibility to deliver the truth. We don't have a responsibility to make others accept it. We have a responsibility to deliver the truth, not to make others accept it. But how we deliver that message may or may not affect whether or not that message is accepted. And so we must be people of peace. The only time that Christ was confrontational in, in a, a purposeful and angry way in all of Scripture was with fellow believers 
who had turned the church into a marketplace, right? Every other time, he had conversations. He shared meals. He drew lines in the sand and invited those without sin to cast the first stone while he offered forgiveness for people who needed it and told them to go and sin no more. You see, we can deliver the truth in a loving way. We can stand on Christ, the solid rock, and let the gospel be the offense. Let the gospel be the offense. We do not need to offend. Our goal should be to live in such a way that the only way we offend others is by sharing the good news and the great joy that Christ has come. That's it. That's it. Hold your political opinions. Hold your personal opinions. Hold your parenting opinions. Hold any opinion you want. Feel however you want about this world. But in the way that you treat others, in the way that you love others, live in such a way that the only thing that you do that might offend them is the gospel. Does that make sense? We are not here to purposefully offend the world around us. From my family to yours, from my family to yours, I just want to wish you a Merry Christmas and say God bless you. And I hope that this year, this upcoming year, you will seek the peace that only God can give you. Let's pray. God, I come to you right now. I thank you for this day and and for Christmas Eve, God, and and what it represents in our world. We celebrate this day as, as a day before Christ entered into this world. And God, we are just so appreciative that you loved us enough to send our son to die on a cross, to send your son to die on a cross, to bring about a forgiveness that so many of us have rejected over time in hopes that one day we might open our eyes, open our hearts, receive your spirit, and accept that gift of grace. God, we have a responsibility to tell the world, to go tell it on the mountain, that Jesus Christ is born, that love has come, that forgiveness is available. God, if we are not people of peace, if we make this life about us, our need to be heard, our need to be right, our need to be justified. Rather than looking at how we can live a life that would glorify you, we are missing the point. So I pray that tonight, God, can be a moment of refocus for all of us, that you can lay it on our hearts to see the importance of, yes, standing up for what's right, of, yes, delivering truth, of yes, not being afraid to tell the world about you, but also, God, not to unnecessarily seek out conflict when that conflict does not have an eternal consequence. Because the only thing that matters is where people spend eternity and whether or not they get to spend their eternity with you. God, I ask your blessing on each and every person that is here tonight. 
on their families and friends, on their loved ones, on their co-workers, on their community. Help us to be disciples who make disciples, who go out into the world seeking to tell the world about you. I ask these things in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Amen. Tonight, as we continue to worship, I want you to have this time to reflect on everything that God has done for you in your life. But I also want to recognize that tonight and tomorrow and these upcoming holidays that we face, I realize that for some of you, they're difficult. I know I'm struggling tonight too, facing the first Christmas I've faced without my grandma. It's been tough. It's been tough. So I also want to give you an opportunity to pray and to have someone pray for you. Chase, would you mind standing back over there? I know you've got Evelyn, but if people love kids. Ashley, could you kind of just back in the center back there? We've got some people around the room. I'm one of them who would love to pray with you. If you're struggling with something right now and and you just want to take it to the Lord and you'd like some company in doing so, then come pray with one of us, please. Otherwise, stand now, worship God. He is worth it. He is worthy of it. Amen? Amen.